AskHollyHealth.com, and we are going to talk about predictions. But first, we're going to talk about soul rebirths. A lot of people, a lot of my clients that I work with, I tell them that we are going through, that they are going through a soul rebirth or a soul ascension. And they always ask me, what is that again? What does that mean again? So I thought, um, I need to do a video about this. I need to talk about the importance of a soul ascension and soul rebirth. Now there are, like I was working with a client today and he's specifically going through a soul ascension, soul rebirth slash ascension. But some people are only going through a soul rebirth and some people are only going through a soul ascension. Now, technically what this means is that Pluto is hovering over a major part of your chart. Your sun, your moon, your Venus, your Mercury, or your Mars. Okay. If you're going through uh, Pluto connecting with your sun, it is a, it has to do with your basic personality and characteristics that you were here to learn in the programming as a child, specifically under the age of seven. If it is the moon, it has to be a soul rebirth that has to do with your ch childhood, a past life, and as well with your children and your mother relationship with mother. If it's a say, if it's a soul rebirth or ascension with your Mercury, it has to do with how you think, what are the thoughts in your head? How do you dialogue with yourself? How do you communicate with other people? And what do you, what do you need to learn? What do you need to study? What do you need to practice that you may not be doing in this lifetime? Hey everyone on Instagram. I, I picked this starry night. Isn't that cool? If I don't move, it actually kind of goes into the background. <laughs> okay. That was, that's on my Instagram. I got the starry night, not on my Facebook and YouTube. Oh, it goes a little bit here too. That's cool. And if it's with Venus, it has to do with how you love life. Now, a lot of people think that Venus, Venus is a planet of love, Venus, and, uh, but it's not just how you, it's not just love, okay? Traditional, human, blah, blah, love. I get frustrated when people think love is only has to do with somebody loving me and me loving somebody else uh, in an intimate way. No, it's about how do you love yourself and how do you love life? How do you love your life? How do you love your mornings, love your evenings, love your days, love your home, love your job, love your body, love your routine, love your regime, love the room I'm in right now, looking outside at the trees, loving nature, loving a hobby, loving an interest and loving people and loving family and loving in an intimate relationship. Yeah, it has to do with all of that. It has to do with the essence and the embodiment of love. Okay, so when we're going through a soul thing, it has to do with that department of who you are as a human. And then when it's Mars, how do you take action on what you love? What do you do about it? How do you react to it? How do you take action on it? How do you get passionate about it? How do you get angry about it? How do you get feisty about it? What direction do you take when you want that? Right? So now, What's the difference between ascension and rebirth? And then we're going to go into some free readings. 
So an ascension, that's a good one, right? The ascension is when you've accumulated many behavioral patterns and characteristics and sort of got a lot in your toolbox. And now you're able, and they're about two years long, each one. And so now you're able to use those tools to manifest. So if it's Venus, it's you're going to manifest more love in, in your job. In your, if, it's in the, if it's in the second or the sixth or the tenth house, it'll be around your job and your career. If it's in the first and the, and the fifth and the seventh house, it's going to be around self-love and relation, love and relationships and romance. Okay, so it's all of these components of love. If it's with uh, the sun, a lot of times people will quit their jobs during a job, um, a soul ascension. They'll quit their jobs. They, in fact, they quit their entire career and they no longer, they retire from that career. They end a chapter. They close a book in their life and they decide, I want to do something else. And I want to take some, you know, some, some more control around this because Pluto right now is in Capricorn. So the energy around that is about taking back control globally. This is about taking back control on a global level, because I look at uh, Uranus, Neptune. Yeah. Uranus, Neptune and Pluto, sometimes Saturn, but de definitely Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, I look at those for global events. So globally with everything in Saturn, and it's going to be moving into, I got a whole thing on that on my YouTube channel, Ask Holly Hall, is my YouTube. And um, so we want to do that. And then, but within ourselves, we want to take, Capricorn is about taking control back. And a lot of people are going into self-employment right now. That's why we see this saturation of coaches, right? I've done this all my life. I can coach people how to do this and it can be in any arena. And coaching doesn't necessarily mean that like what I do, where I work with my clients using my psychic ability and the stars and the planets and everything else, remote viewing and some psychology and neuro-linguistic programming and stuff that I've learned and some hypnosis. Uh, I work with my clients and I coach them to make better decisions for themselves and for their soul. Um, but let like today I, I worked with a client and she's about, she, she's in a soul rebirth, a triple whammy. So six years of this, I did the same thing a few years ago. It's hard. And uh, she goes, well, do you see me staying in my job? And she's around 50 uh, in her late, late 40s, soon to be 50. And, um, I said, no, when this is over, which is 2024, you're going to be self-employed. She's like, oh, and she started crying. She goes, oh, why am I crying? Well, I'm crying, but I'm not, I'm not upset or anything. I said, yeah, because I touched your soul. Oh my God, I had a party. Yeah, I touched your soul. When, when that, that cry comes out of nowhere for you're going to be self-employed, you know, that's not heart-wrenching, is it? Because I spoke to her soul. Her soul felt heard and recognized and jumped for joy, which brought out a tearful, heartfelt, deep emotion for her. So what she's been doing is she just moved into a management position when I predicted last summer. And, um, and she does a lot of 
I don't know in detail, but she does a lot of micromanaging of management. She's an upper management and she helps manage management. <laughs> and uh, I said, you're going to end up being in like a coaching teaching position where you're going to go into companies. And I saw more charitable work and more uh, not charitable charities and non-for-profits. And they, you know, people, they, they think like, well, I'm going to downsize. I, I get paid really well right now. Sorry. Charities and non-for-profits pay very, very well too well that sometimes there's some CEOs that make half a million dollar a year as in a, in a charity, right? Minimum 150,000 a year, minimum. That's a, the lowest paid CEO charity, which is the Salvation Army. Okay. So yeah, the upper, the ones upper there, the up, up, they get paid really well. So I saw her coaching, but temporarily. So this is where her soul, this is where her soul rebirth which I'm going to get to, it's going to get, it's going to, and that's usually around the sun. Um, so a soul ascension is a wonderful feeling because we've accumulated a whole bunch of tools. We got them in our toolbox. We've got a lot of talents and a lot of gifts, and I can usually see exactly what they are. And you're about to manifest. You're supposed to get the fruits of your labor. This is a creation time. Now you can wait to the bitter end, which will be at the end of the two year cycle. Or when people work with me, I coach them to make it happen at the beginning. If, if we can, you know, get out because sometimes we can go through a complete soul ascension and totally miss the mark, right? Like two ships in a night, you completely miss it. You get sidetracked with other things in your life. You have limiting beliefs that you haven't really worked through uh, directly. And you might make it one to 10% advancement in your soul ascension and manifest a tiny little bit in your life, but I want to see the full Monty. I want to see you just knock it out of the park, right? That's what my mission is with my clients. Now a soul rebirth, that one's difficult. You think about it. It's a rebirth. You're, you're birthing. Birthing is painful for the person in most cases, for the person giving birth and in the gestation period. And, you know, I don't know, the babies come out screaming and crying. So I don't think it's that pleasant for them either. <laughs> Right. So this is a difficult, difficult process. And it is from an old life to a new life. A soul ascension is a step up. It's like graduating from grade school to university. Right. That's a huge step up. You're now university. You're, you're in the big leagues. Right. You're no longer just a child and a student in school or a protege. You're you're up there. You, you, this is serious. Right. So. A soul rebirth is more difficult because we're letting go of behavioral patterns and, and mm, strategies and limiting beliefs, as well as characteristics that no longer serve us. And they no longer serve you in many lifetimes. You come into this lifetime. So a soul ascension, you know, when people say, what's my destiny? Where's my mission? I feel like I come here to do something specific. Not everybody feels that way, but a lot of people do it. What is my mission? What's my destiny? We're here to do something. When the soul ascension happens, I'm like, this is it. This is what you were born to do. Here's your time. Here's your time. And here's your 15 minutes of fame. And this is my time. Make it work. Right? This is what you came to do. A soul rebirth is letting go of behavioral patterns that you've had in many lifetimes. And some of them are not on you, right? They're not 100%. You don't take 100% ownership of that in a way because it's not your fault. There's no blame here. There's no fault here. It's more around 
I mean, there's, there is karma, you know, so that's like, yeah, made some bad choices and you're going to pay the piper right now. So that is part of it. Definitely. But there's another part of it. And I can see this, for instance, I had a client, uh, last week who had lifetimes of being a servant. And so in this lifetime, she's not a servant, a slave or a servant, and she doesn't have a dictatorial overbearing master of sorts. And I actually came up with a saying, I was like, I never heard that before. You master, um, you no longer have a master. You no longer are a mistress in this lifetime. You are not master to anything and you are not mistress to anyone in this lifetime. That's what I said to her. And source gave me that because I was even like, whoa, that's, that's profound. And that really hit home for her because all she did was serve in this lifetime. And if she didn't serve, she had a lot of anxiety around not serving properly because she would be disciplined, reprimanded. She would suffer. She says, I actually feel like I'm going to starve, that I'm not going to be housed. I'm not going to be taken care of and that I'm starving. She goes, I know it's unrealistic, but I feel like if I don't do my due diligence and I don't have my duties um, all lined up and I don't give everybody everything that they want, even if they don't even ask for it, right? They don't even ask for it. They're there before their master gets angry with them because they haven't provided them with their needs, right? So they're already prepared to give anybody anything they want before they even ask for it. This anxiety was so strong within herself that she said, I literally feel like I will starve or I will lose my home or I will lose my paycheck. I won't be able to take care of myself. And I said, yeah, that's what happens when you are born in many, many lifetimes as a servant, they clothe you, they house you, they feed you, they take care of you in a really bad situation. Yeah, if you aren't, and that could be part of your disciplinary inaction for not being a good servant, then you're born in this lifetime with the good girl syndrome. And so her soul rebirth was to let go of that servant, to fire that servant. You are no longer needed. You need to serve no one but yourself. You are your own master. You are your own mistress. Serve yourself. They don't know how to do that. That's a really difficult thing to do. And the more that what happens is during that type of soul rebirth is the more that they try to serve someone else, the more it's not going to be welcomed. It'll be thankless. In fact, they might even get angry because they didn't ask you for it. And that's your soul's way or source's way or the universe's way of saying, stop doing this. We didn't ask you to do this. You're not, it's not welcome. It's unsolicited. You're creating an, an, a one-sided agreement. And what I mean by one-sided agreement is that if I say to you, you need my help because you're, you don't have a job. You're not getting along with your parents. I want to help you. You and your husband are fighting all the time. I'm going to help you. You know, and I'm going to give you all, you're not healthy. I'm going to give you all this advice, everything you should do, everywhere you should go. I'm going to serve. I'm going to help you. I will be your servant. Right. And that person may, this is, that's a one-sided contract. I didn't hire you to do that. I didn't ask you to do that. I wasn't saying I need help. I don't know what to do. Who's going to help me. Right. I didn't do that. So what happens in the soul rebirth is people start to get upset with you. Because there's a there's a one-sided power struggle here. You're forcing your help on me and I didn't ask for it. But there's a silent agreement that I feel like I have to take the help because 
I'm ungrateful then. And so I should take this help and I should try this and I should be gracious and I should be grateful and I should be thankful. And so then that person thinks that, oh, I'm doing a good job. I'm serving them and they're, they're, it's helping them and they're, they're gaining pleasure from this and, and guidance and support. I'm going to keep doing it. And then the person's getting more exasperated. Like now I have to accommodate you again and take your assistance and take your help and your advice, et cetera. So you got to be really careful during a soul rebirth. And that's what I tell my clients is to not provide unsolicited. So then people say, all you servants out there, all of you caretakers out there, all of you um, Mother Teresa's out there, that's usually a strong Pisces energy. You're all going, well, what do I do then? I can't just sit there and watch my friends suffer when I know this can help them and I know that can help them. What am I supposed to do? You basically, you give them... I I know someone that I went to and I think they might be able to help you if you're interested. I got the phone number and that's it. You wait until they ask you for that phone number. Now, obviously, if they're in a delirium, if they're so stressed out, they're not even thinking straight and they're at rock bottom and they can't pick themselves up no long, come up with solutions to help themselves. You might go a little bit a step further, right? But otherwise, all you do is you offer the opportunity for them to reach back to you, for you to support them. And it might not be right away. It might be six months down the line. You know, they're suffering, they're suffering, they're suffering. They finally go, who was that chiropractor you told me about six months ago? I think it might help. Problem solvers, I'm a problem solver. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Um, we tend to give unsolicited advice. We tend to unsolicitly problem solve. So a soul rebirth can be really hard because we don't always want to let go of these limiting beliefs that we need to, in this case, it's Capricorn, that we need to take control over a situation and help somebody because they seem to be out of control in some kind of situation. That's a Capricorn energy. It's going to be moving into, um, Aquarius energy in, I can't wait. It'll be 2024, I believe. Nope, actually it's, it, it goes in there and then it goes retrograde again, but it goes in there March of 2023. So about a year from now, that's a global prediction where for me, all of the controlling capitalistic uh, industries, and I call them industries, entities, industries, are going to be taking, um, not taken over, they're going to be met with the um, the general public, human, the general, general humanity wanting to create their own systems, industries. So the industries or the institutions, that, I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say was the institutions. Those are uh, hospitals, medical, pharmacy, pharmaceutical, agricultural, political, education, did I say educational? Yeah, all of those are institutions, right? That are united across the world. Everyone has a police department, policed, you know, part of their community. Everyone has a government. Everyone has a medical system. Everyone has an educational system. Everyone has a healthcare system. Everyone has an agricultural system. Everyone has a Medicare, a pharmaceutical system. Right. So these are all it's, and they're governed right now and very strictly doctrinated 
uh, pretty much across the board, uh, depending on where you live, they have their own rules. So when that a year from now, March, 2023 comes, there's going to be, we're already at this. I've, I've said this many times. We're already at 2080. Let's say, I don't know the exact math, but 20%, uh, we have alternatives of everything. We have alternative education, alternative agriculture, alternative government, alternative pharmaceutical. We have all this stuff, right? But it's going to meet, it's going to meet like almost a 40, 60 point, uh, begin to meet a 40, 60 point. And you choose, you choose which way you want to go, or hopefully uh, that's going to be the struggle is you want a combination of both, really. I mean, there are certain medical procedures and medications that are extremely beneficial for, for a lot of people, but there's also alternatives that are also very beneficial for certain situations. So if I have a broken arm and I need x-rays and I need to have it casted and fixed and maybe need some painkillers, I would like to use a traditional medication, medical system. But if I have some mental health issues and I don't want to go on Prozac or Zoloft, I would like the choice to easily segue uh, and blend into my health regime, a naturopathic or functional medicine or other types of therapies and that, uh, that would, could work for me 